Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, protector of spoiler-free realms, and joining me as always is the villainous spoiler Pete. Hello, Pete. <sighs> Hello, Matt. What am I going to say this time? Nuclear? Biological? Uh, biological always works. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 217, Melinda, is brought to us by the people at the Afterlife Flower Shop. When you need some daisies to meet with your estranged daughter, drop on in and pick up a bunch. That's so weird. I had a dream about that, too. All right. When we catch you up on what went down. And by the way, Pete, before we jump in, a quick note. What makes it possible for you, the listeners, to download everything is uh, our wonderful podcast hosts at Podbean that uh, make it all possible, but they don't do it for free. So a quick reminder, you can head over to patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash fantasticgeek. If you'd like to help us with those download bandwidth storage costs, etc., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, even Agent Carter. It's all piling up there on the old uh, Podbean uh, thing. I see in the meter uh, spin off the dial there. So we don't want an outage. Your kindness is always appreciated. Our teaser act begins with uh, Agent Melinda May in the shower. Um, Her husband, Andrew played by Blair Underwood, joins her, and we suddenly get the superimposed number that this is seven years ago. So hold on on the shipping there for a second. This is a flashback. And they are, of course, uh, kissy face there. They're, they're talking about Pete. They're, they're planning, for, uh, they're planning to, to add to, the, add to the, the team that they have by, well, Pete, doing, doing what, what two people in love are going to do, make a baby. I thought you were going to say showering. Um, so he says he's dedicated to the cause there. They're looking to expand the family. Uh, talk of the baby maybe being a hellraiser, but May says, on my house. Um, Colson uh, shows up while they are in the kitchen. He's always early. May remarks, uh, door was unlocked um, that Andrew mentions. And, uh, that they're not uh, looking for uh, no leaking of secrets, uh, May mentions to Coulson. They wind up on a plane here. There's many agents. Coulson remarks that uh, Fury, Director Fury at this point, has a new initiative that deals with powers. And like that, we are off to the races with a briefing. Uh, Miss Belikove. Uh, is the target of this particular mission. She has enhanced strength. She's important to track down and that they not spook her here. Uh, They're hoping that she will be cooperative. Uh, May asks during the briefing here, uh, what if she doesn't? And the agent remarks as we see troops, then I call the cavalry. This time, though, of course, they are referring to all those guys in, you know, SWAT gear and machine guns and helmets and the like. Also, Pete, I would be remiss to not mention that uh, this set of some random shield jet, which they say, oh, they're going to be retiring the fleet soon. Um, that, of course, is just a reuse of the bus bay, which I think we're going to see reused again later in the episode this uh, this time in the future with a bit more panache. But um just a cute moment there where clearly they're not on our bus, but they're talking about how they're going to start to get rid of these planes. A little nod to the fact that they are recycling a set. Got to be on somebody's bus. Pete, of course, it's a it's a bit of a juxtaposition for our expectations. We've known May since day one as the cavalry and uh, hear the reference made by the uh, the lead agent to, uh, as I said, that uh, you know, a bunch of guys all kitted out in SWAT gear. Um, the fact that, you know, there's also been reference made in the scene to, they got to go in, they got to be smooth because they don't want to butt heads with the, uh, the local folks here in Bahrain. 
you know, it's clearly this is the episode. This is the time. This is the place where we're going to have all of it answered. And uh, I believe at that point we are taken to the title card. We are. Act one, present day, the helicarrier Iliad. And we have Bobby, Agent Weaver, and May. And the subject here is powered people. Um, Deathlock's name is thrown around and the once heard before Theta protocol as well. May remarks that Coulson did not bore her with every detail. Um, and that, of course, is belied by the flashback seven years prior. Um, uh, May also uh, brings up the fact that any director of S.H.I.E.L.D. would have secrets, um, much to Bobby Chagrin, who's worried about all the secrecy going on here. Pete, I have a little question for you. Did you happen to notice that kind of swirly staircase there in the uh, the, the command information center of the uh, helicarrier Iliad? I did. It It looked slightly familiar, Matt, though I was in a new setting. Yes, indeed. Uh, the, here's what I'm getting at, listeners, if you haven't figured it out already. Watch out for that, uh, for that particular staircase anytime you want to see them redressing the bus bay set. Uh, that has been the interior guts of the Iliad. Uh, the day that S.H.I.E.L.D. fell. Now it is the, uh, the command room, the HQ room for it. Uh, you know, no harm, no foul. I understand there's a finite amount of, you know, money. Um, we're not all just, you know, running fronts and cor- fronts of corporations and whatnot, like uh, we find out Colson is later in the episode. But just, you know, follow the follow the bouncing ball, follow the the twirling staircase, and uh, you too will see uh, how often they are recycling that uh, large and kind of militaristic set. I mean, listen, Matt, the Daredevil podcast is but a redress of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. <laughs> uh, there is also a reference in this scene to, uh, to Deathlock and how closely he was working with Coulson. Uh, Deathlock himself, uh, with his new toys, a bit of a redress of the old Deathlock. So they're being terribly self-referential here, I suspect. They are. We're off to the afterlife, and we have Sky and Jai Ying, who we, of course, know to be her mother. And she is asking her if she understands her gift. Sky explains that she makes things shake. Laughter, of course. And her um, mother explains that everything is already shaking. It's about tapping into the frequency here. Um, that she doesn't know how to do it. Uh, how she doesn't know it's her, uh, gift. She's not the one with it. Um, and she hands her a stone. Sky asks her, you think I can hear this? And, uh, she puts her hand out. She can hear the mountain and then she can amplify it, but she's afraid of hurting people. Her mother urges her that she can't hurt people. She sticks that hand out. She makes an avalanche happen. Pete, it really is amazing here. She has this ability to to move the mountain. References made to uh, to kind of how all things uh, vibrate. It's kind of like this energy field that surrounds us and penetrates us and binds everything together. It really, really is quite a force that Sky is uh, is able to move here. You mean like Disney? Hey, you know what? Darn it. That Patton Oswald monologue one day will come true. The X Men and the Agents of Shield <laughs> will will battle, you know, uh, uh, Corella Deville and 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 Jedi Jedi all <laughs> together. And just once this this you know we, we the, the multi the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just going to fold into the multiverse, and it's just going to be just wonderful shark jumping goodness. But back to the proceedings here. Jai Ying explains to. Her unknowing daughter at this point to remember that feeling. It's not something to be afraid of. We're back in Bahrain seven years ago. Her shield agents um, catching up with contacts. Um, there is a window and uh, the idea that uh, Fury is going to have some asses if an index candidate 
winds up in the government's hands. Coulson heads over to a woman in a cafe wearing a burqa, and um, there's a little girl uh, walking around. May is distracted by her and smiles. Locals are incoming, she warns Coulson, and uh, the idea of a secure location comes up um, but the woman in the burqa wants to stay there. She likes it there. Colson explains these men can't help you and asks, what are you looking for? And it's at this point that she says, pain flips over the table. Guy grabs the girl. They head into the door. Uh, after the guy, an agent is shot. And then we have our first act break. Fans of the uh, recently concluded Sons of Anarchy might notice uh, actress Winter Avzoli playing Eva Belikoff. Uh, although perhaps like me, you didn't recognize her as she was wearing the burqa because in uh, Sons of Anarchy, uh, she didn't wear a lot of clothing. Um, but certainly a nice, uh, a nice uh, ominous performance out of her as she is first revealed in this, uh, in this first act. Back in the afterlife for Act 2, Sky asks uh, what happens next. Her mother says, we eat like crazy, or at least you eat like crazy, okay, because in the afternoon it's going to get harder. Um, Sky is surprised she's even going to be doing something else. But Jiaying remarks that she is proud of Sky. Lincoln catches up with Sky, um, and they exchange pleasantries here. Sky explaining how much she likes Jiaying's influence on her, and Lincoln tells her that she likes you too. Um, again, way before our reveal in terms of the parentage. Um, but it Lincoln, is valuable in terms of the, the exposition there, Lincoln explaining yes. for the first time uh, how Jiaying is actually in charge and yes. how many times has she trained someone before? Never, ever, ever, ever. Yes, and, you know, ever since Lincoln's been there, at least. That's important to understand. Ooh, that is, a, moved, that is a nice little uh, writer's trapdoor there. Yes, we move quickly to a Quinjet where May and Bobby are heading towards the playground. The Theta Protocol comes up again and Bobby remarks how May had never heard that prior to today. She tells her that gut punch you felt there, that's what we felt on the day that S.H.I.E.L.D. fell. May tells Bobby that she should be worried that she doesn't understand the choices. It's all about the price, but it hurts like hell. Flashback again to Bahrain. Coulson calls an agent, O'Brien, and he says over the phone twice, leave us alone. They send in a tactical team. May demands she should go in. Coulson tells her to let it go. Uh, that they have to find out what kind of monster they're dealing with. Of course, the again, the setup slightly telegraphed to we, the audience, what is being sent in at that point? Well, you know, that's S.H.I.E.L.D.'s cavalry. And, uh, you know, we know where that's headed, but, uh, of course, there's a, there's a bit of a, a twist ahead, but that's later in the episode, Pete. Speaking of monsters, back at the afterlife, we have Raina, and Gordon has gone to see her. He is uh, assuaging her anxiety here at her appearance, that she's ugly. She's worried about what she reflects when she looks in the mirror. You see what they did there, Pete? They were talking about Colson and May finding a monster, and then in the present time, Raina feels that she's a monster. Right. You and get it? Do you get it? Just a little. Okay. The inclusion of Lincoln in this scene, sympathetic, of course, towards Raina when Gordon is trying to help her, um, you know, have a little bit more of a stiff upper lip, given that he's come through this process and it toughened him up. But Raina says she's tired of being caged. She needs the fresh air. 
Lincoln tells her that Gordon means well, that you should go to sleep. Raina says sleep is easy. When she has the sleep, though, it's the dreams that aren't. She dreams of thorns. She saw Skye's father. There were daisies. And then again, the thorns. And she laments that Skye got everything I got the thorns and Lincoln tells her don't give up yet this is such a well planted little nugget uh, I will admit I did not see it coming um, I'm, I wonder Pete you know the first time you perhaps uh, read one of the early drafts of the script if you saw this this you know th- this twist here being planted so early in the episode um, despite the inclusion of, of you know daisies on the table it just it is hidden by the fact that Reyna is so angry, and at the end, she's summarizing, saying, "You know, these are difficult dreams because Sky has everything and Reyna has nothing, and that kind of clouds the notion that we're being, um, well, we're being told the future, and we're, we're also getting it via exposition, so Lincoln can figure it out later." Flashback to Coulson and May again, uh, listening to the raid going bad over the walkie-talkie. They're trying to confirm that they take out the target or have the agents taken themselves out. But it's a chaotic scene. The building has suddenly swallowed up 12 agents in a minute. May tells him we are all alone on this. I was initially a little pessimistic in this scene when we get to see this massive gunfight gunfight from you know it was gunfight too. From, that's that's that is so true. That that's uh, that's an in- intentional mistake there. Um, I was initially saying, oh, it's little thermal dots that some you know special effects person did on the computer, and it's the audio, and they're saving money by not showing what's actually going on. Again, a twist for later on the episode, hidden here in plain sight, that something really strange is going down in the building there, um, and it's playing to the strength of the story that we don't see what it is. It's not being hidden for any other reason than than that story purpose, which is the best purpose to make these uh, these types of decisions. So, again, a really nice kind of thing hidden here in plain sight for we, the audience. Well, back in the afterlife, Matt, nothing lightens the tension by, uh, you know, the previous scene like a bunch of wine glasses. But these aren't for drinking. They are for playing. And uh, Sky is doing the old wine glass music trick, but with her handout and her powers. And after uh, a little sequence here, she overdoes it. They shatter, of course. And uh, Zhang Ying remarks how her gift is destructive, but look at the music that you made. Pete Ben Franklin would have been so happy to see that there are still uh, hydro crystal phones out there, or at least some version of them. <laughs> it's 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 clearly a classical reference, you know. It's the, the the building of the Inhumans, the building of America, freedom. It's, it's it's steeped in metaphor here. It's not just playing musical notes and then shattering them for for an interesting scene. But where the scene turns, what went wrong, nothing, of course. But this is beginning to feel like home for Sky, and she tells Zha Ying how that never ends well. Um, she has a distrust of home. That's her other superpower. Um, she broke a crystal decanter once, and she was sent back by a foster family. Oh, and she had tried some of the scotch in it, too. But she's 25. We know the age here, or she thinks she knows the age here. She's never spent two years, more than two years, anywhere except for S.H.I.E.L.D., and that went bad, and agents were hunting her down. But Ying tells her she is now safe and that's when she comes with july 2nd you were born on july 2nd it was a hot night i decided to clean the house before i woke up your father cal went to the neighbors he didn't speak chinese it was a whole to do act break on that reveal certainly a lovely scene well written well kind of built in terms of 
you know, knowing that Sky had not had a very uh, happy time, loved time in uh, in uh, being a foster child, but hearing some of these details almost kind of in a broken form, um, where it's just it's just kind of flashes of sadness, a sad childhood, and um, you know, then moving back in time to the reveal of Mom, which of course, as is oft the case in Agents of Shield, something that we knew ahead of the characters. But uh, certainly a compelling scene, uh, a lovely scene. And by the way, Pete, the second time in a week that a Marvel show has had uh, reference to a kid drinking the scotch. Indeed. (laughs) Third act begins with mom uh, touching Sky's hair, wants to know on the heels of this reveal if she's okay. Uh, She tells her daughter how she looked for years after her father pieced her back together. So we're piecing the chronology after the last we had seen was Daniel Whitehall ripping her apart for uh, his gained powers from her. I think there's still, and I know there's still more we're going to uh, get out of that, but that they scoured the earth to find her that they couldn't accept when they didn't. And Jai Ying devoted herself to um, finding and helping protect others, but that this has to be Sky and Jai Ying's secret right now. Their people are very strict with their rules and that Sky, because of all the circumstances that surround her, could be easily perceived as a threat. Pete, I'm sure that there are listeners that that uh, get a little annoyed with me uh, when I'm pointing out expositional moments, when I'm pointing out these, uh, you know, the hand of the writer, the the strings of the puppeteer and so forth. That is, at least on paper, what this scene is about, kind of filling in uh, the the uh, Jai Ying and Cal secret years when, when Sky was a baby. But you know what? A, it's appropriate, and B, it works. Uh, really some lovely language punctuated in there. You reference scouring the earth looking for her. Then kind of this natural conclusion of since they lost their baby, now they're going to try and help others. Um, and it's 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 another effective scene. It's not, you know, night-night guns and explosions and, you know, helicarriers, but it's about the characters, which, you know, we've spent time this week thinking about the, the shorter form of Daredevil and the 13-episode season and and that arc uh, and whatnot, what you do get out of a longer broad, broadcast show is to have known these characters for 35 episodes at this point, Pete, um, and to really be able to say, you know what, we don't need... 30, 39. 39, you know, so this I mean... This is the 39. Okay, so, you know, you don't need bullets and shootouts and grand reveals and you know bamf teleportation you can have two people talking about their past and and that's a credit to this longer form may arrives at the playground simmons is relieved to see her everybody's been leaving and may tells her she's been given control of the base she brings up the deathlock technology uh that's out there and that Deathlock's been seen again. Coulson kept that a secret from them. What else is he keeping? This was a curious little scene because either it is a, a, a writerly patch job for the past, which is to say, hey, Deathlock has new stuff. Simmons didn't know she was making it. Coulson gave it to Deathlock. The end. Or this is a thread that we're going to tug and tug and tug about you know what has Coulson been up to uh, there is reference, I believe, later on for some of the ways he's been paying for this and whatnot. So just kind of a little slight, you know, yellow flag there in terms of uh, is this a story point that we are developing forward um, and, and what further secrets could there be with Colson? I kind of suspect we're not going to do heading into season three, another Colson secret of great importance like. Why is he not dead? And, you know, what are what, what are the alien messages in his brain? But you never know. Flashback to Bahrain. Coulson is on the phone, presumably with a director, Fury. May 
wants to go in. Coulson uh, is telling them that and uh, explains that there's a lot of red tape. The uh, Baronese want to bomb this, and he tells her that S.H.I.E.L.D. has not authorized any action sirens and he looks at her and tells her to go then as the baronese come up um he says uh he's got to decide whether he should make this a nuclear threat a biological threat and throws a ruse at them here about the biologic i really liked that that Coulson, the old Agent Coulson, who's a little bit more uh, able to have moments of lev- levity, kind of a tonal sibling to uh, to the Coulson in uh, Thor. You know, it's oh, is this Stark? Is it this? You know, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of that you know, world weary. Here we go again with some fantastic problem, um, and and it's a fun scene. It's not, it's not you know, Director Coulson heavy lies the crown. Um, and of course it works, you know, I mean, initially it looks like it won't, but then it's, you know, wait, you said biological and there's agent Colson working his magic again. As May is preparing to head in, she calls, um, her husband who she refers to as drew. I thought it was a nice touch there. Uh, tells her that they have a little girl and this isn't so much a scene about um, hey this is uh, going on so much as it is a consultation over the phone there and the uh, the duality of what's going on he's giving her advice she's going to be scared get down on her level go go do good Melinda, but at the same time, this is on that other level, the connection between the two of them and all the more tragic in that we know where things wind up. Yeah, I mean, kudos again. They're, they're setting up a misdirect here and, uh, and rather deliciously so. Uh, a little less delicious, at least for, you know, bad guy number one uh, is uh, when May goes in. Uh, she rather notably kills the first guy by breaking his neck. I don't really recall having seen such an obvious death so close to the camera before on the show. Yeah, you know, when she parkours up the uh, the walls there, chokes a guy out, uh, then she gets a guy in the stairway, and uh, she's trying to get Coulson over the walkie. She runs into an Agent Hart um, who says... Uh, you know, it's dangerous out there, but she asks, are you okay? And he says, I need your pain. Suddenly there are others and they are all saying the same thing. I need your pain. It's certainly a really creepy shot. First, you think it's just him and we, the audience, know something's up in terms of brainwashing or, or that kind of thing. Then she notices everybody else who's just kind of numbly and dumbly standing there turning to her. And uh, a creepy way to end the act. Act four begins with Belikov in control of all of these agents and other people uh, that she's managed to tap into. uh, That they're looking for the pain here before we quickly snap back to Simmons and who is worried if they're going to dig deeper, <laughs> they're afraid of what they're going to find. May has a map and she's pointing out all the trips that Coulson has taken. And Simmons is going through the money that Coulson has been burning through. He's also met with her ex-husband beyond the other meeting we had in a previous episode this year for a consultation. Put it on the map, Matt. Indeed, I think uh, it's clear what's going on. He's setting up some sort of uh, school for gifted, powerful youngsters uh, to rival uh, a, a similar private institution in uh, in Westchester, New York. Hey, why don't you uh, X yourself out of this conversation here, okay? Okay, just man. Like, <laughs> just like uh, Mac explains, you know, though they think he's building another base here for powered people, He's going to need a good psychologist. 
uh, a tad on the nose for my tastes, but uh, that's how it goes, I suppose. May tells uh, Simmons, we're going to need you to open the box there that they can't underestimate uh, these powers. It's playing with power. Pete, I have not always been the biggest Reina fan, particularly in her Sonic the Hedgehog phase now, but I kind of, I dig the pathos here, this notion that she's lost everything. She thought that she was going to be guided by fate, by God, by these powers that she was going to get, and now it's just turned her into this visually hideous creature. Um, It's given her no discernible, you know, trade-off in exchange for those looks. And she can't leave this place. Uh, and I thought it really was a nice way to to bring us over to her side a bit. Yeah, you know, with the the lamentation that Sky had the choice, that she's told that she can't leave, and Gordon's really being stern with her, but at the same time urging her to be patient, that he will be able to take her places, that... You know, she says she can take herself, but he reminds her <laughs> he had been blind. Um, but it's this point that he floats himself as becoming her guide and that her beauty could be reflected in a wonderful gift. That, too, is a touching portion of the scene. You know, he's going to gonna show her these places, be her guide. And, uh, you know, it's a nice it's a nice bit of character interaction there. It really, really is. Um, he also tells her that people like they have to be different, but it can be an amazing world. Um, and he hands her the book there and there's been long, uh, you know, speculation that he might be a character also known as the reader an inhuman. Um, and they've played around with this the first time we ever saw him at the end of episode 210 he put down a book before he picked up the phone and uh it could be an amazing world and reina says well as long as you show it to me it will be an amazing one oh she doesn't look attractive but he can't see it's like it's it's romeo and juliet but in humans and thornier <laughs> back to Jai ying and in passing uh, with Sky, she meets a young man named Ethan who tells them that Gordon is going to drop him in Prague. And then after he is out of our scene, Jai Ying tells Sky that he has not yet been through the mist, um, that uh, it's an issue of uh, trust, the rules, and protecting. Uh, these gifts here with a swift response. Um, it's happened before, and there was one woman. Yeah, and with that, we start to intercut with uh, Eva and May fighting, and it becomes clear that they're talking about that. I, Star Wars jokes aside, I kind of had a flashback to like, oh, look, Luke's droids creators are luke's dad because his dad's boss is from the same planet that his mom is from because it's an incredibly small universe i still don't know that i love the fact that this this um i don't know policy defining uh, person in the form of eva and her daughter um and their relationship to to the inhuman population of of today uh that that is so tightly connected to sky and to sky's mentor and sky's really really small shield family you know five or six people it's a little familiar for me but you know if that's if that's what they're going to do so be it. It, it not my choice certainly but um at least we get this intercutting here because you know the reveal that evo took the Terrigen crystal and was going to be a naughty girl with it. So it's a small world after all. Right. And to, to get the voiceover and the story over the action, I found it ultimately effective, uh, to be back in Bahrain here and, um, to her, uh, be telling may, you know, I will feel your pain. 
uh, and Sky's putting it all together as we're putting it all together. That's why she remains, you know, a season and and two thirds. The every man, every person on this show. Wait, I know this story. An agent went in to kill her, and Mom wishes it had been that simple. As this is all happening. Um, Eva Belikov has grabbed a chandelier, which she's now dragging across the floor. May meets gaze with a little girl and all the symbolism and all the hopes and dreams going on there. And it's just then that uh, Belikov misses with the chandelier that she's now swinging as a mace act break. Terrigen crystal, crystal chandelier, you know, crystal blue persuasion <laughs> it's all really connected act five and it's Jai Ying uh, telling Sky here that there was so much strength in Eva uh, that she was bound to be noticed uh, May you want my pain okay let it go let the child go and they can end this she tells her but Eva wants more. Uh, May is shot in the leg before she savagely impales Eva. Um, the agents, however, under control and the other men still keep coming. And May is wondering aloud, she's dead. She had to snap out of it. But then we get the girl talking and there was a hang on, what's going on here a minute? Did she transfer her consciousness or anything like this? Uh, but the girl wants the pain now, and Jai Ying is explaining that uh, Eva hadn't stolen the crystals for herself. She stole them for her daughter, Katya. Yes, that reveal there, kid Katya, the real baddie. Um, Excellent casting job there. Uh, she was able to be sweet when she had to be, and then really, really creepy uh, at the climax of the scene here, uh, particularly with that reveal that she's been leeching off of people uh, until she kills them. And uh, we even get some uh, flashback in the flashback where she'd kind of, you know, uh, tag your it kind of childlike playing, and oh, that's how she had actually. Uh, you know, tapped into some of the the local militia guys, um, and uh, just a really a really effective, really really nice twist to this episode. Right, uh, leeching the emotions like a parasite. There, uh, May tells her to let it go. We can fix you, and Katya tells her that my mom's dead here. I need to take your hand. I need a new mother. This all the while as she's tapping her hand and men are dropping around her left and right. But as uh, she's proposition propositioning May to be her new mother, May is reaching around herself, going to grab the gun, telling her everything will be all right. Uh, and we hear the gunshot. Coulson and his agents come in. There are men down everywhere and May is cradling the child this is a, a an instance i suspect where it's not the result of nine o'clock hour versus ten o'clock hour broadcast versus basic cable versus pay and netflix and whatnot it's just the classier storytelling move to have may kill a child off screen um and, and to let it be implied uh, as opposed to in our face it's it's better storytelling to do it that way because this, you know, this weighty and this this incredibly difficult thing that she nonetheless knows that she must do, and something that uh, between here and the end of the episode is really going to to color her decisions uh, in her future, which is to say, the subsequent what five years until until Coulson recruits her out of the uh, out of the desk job, right. We pick back up with Zhang Ying and the background here that Katya had to be stopped. Um, but this secret here, um, no one can ever know. Um, 
and Jiaying and Gordon are then shown watching everything that happened in Bahrain. The agents are reacting, of course, with disbelief. It turns out the cavalry went in anyway. Oh, that's that's like the nickname she had, Pete. It's finally come to pass. Yeah. Uh, and May tells Coulson that it was the girl that she couldn't save her, um, that uh, she didn't understand. And Coulson tells her to let it go. May, of course, breaks down. We then get the wonderful recreation of the earliest scenes in the episode. May is in the shower, but before when it was loaded with hope, this is nothing but despair. She's then in her robe in the kitchen and what was, you know, a nay sexy scene in the beginning is one with her husband now loaded with just uh, regret of what could have been. She is touched by her husband and she flashes back to the little girl and she jolts and pulls away as a result of that. We quickly see some paperwork. It's a transfer order to Agent Maria Hill. Suddenly, May is shuffling paperwork. Great uh, flip forward to the present day and she's still with the paperwork but now uh, in charge of the playground base with a picture of Andrew. Oh, it's, it's a really nice uh, progress there to film the dots. Um, you know, as you mentioned, that numb showering, she's, she's unable to process things going on in her marriage. And um, it's, it's nice that the show is able to act so efficiently and with such a sense of purpose to just now have filled us in uh, on everything in that regard. And um, as you say, there she is back trying to now uh, figure out a little bit more of the depth of uh, the latest Coulson mystery. Once more to the afterlife and Zhai Ying is telling Sky uh, that she's got to see her father. Sky is still uh, uncertain about this, but she thinks her father is a monster. Zhai Ying tells her that her father's really a good person. He just lost himself. Um, that he should be forgiven that this is just one dinner and then we're going to have him taken away from here. A door opens. He's got flowers. Uh, he wanted to make sure everything is perfect here. Wants to thank uh, Zhang Ying for making this all possible. Um, and it's all possible because of Cal. It's a, an incredibly effective scene. We've seen Kyle MacLachlan uh, play almost gleefully rage and revenge and and certain kind of sadistic tones. Um, not over the top, mind you, but just kind of the full emotion of this character who's who's barely hanging on. When he says he wanted things to be perfect, and then when he sees her, he says, now it is. Now things are perfect. It's just it's just this family, if if only for a night, coming together, having a, having a normalcy that they never knew, that they have not known until this point. Um, and then he gives her the daisies, and I'll admit I was so so wrapped up in the 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 potency of the scene and the obvious irony of her name being Daisy. Um, I wasn't even thinking back to to the previous reference. I suspect that was probably what the show was going for uh, in terms of us not making that connection um, because we were just in the moment. Uh, and then there's just just this this fantastic moment or or bit where he's retelling the story of her birth as though she's hearing it for the first time. Little look between Jiaying and Sky. To kind of say, let, let's let him have this moment as though it's though it's the first time Sky's hearing it, and it's just it's it's it th- this this hit my heart more than the mom reveal. Maybe it's a dad thing versus a mom thing. I don't know, uh, but I just thought it was it was taking once again a show where we have superpowers and this lady that doesn't age and this really really angry guy. And just boiling it down to characters interacting in a very human way, despite the inhuman overtones. 
it was a great scene, Matt. And and you hit on all the ideas, you know, that uh, she finds out, wait, 1988, I'm 26. Well, here's to 26. And then the overtones of the end of the fifth act here where Lincoln sees this and we get the dream overtones that it's now playing out. But wait, this wasn't a dream. The, the clear implication there, Reyna's powers are to tell the future. Our tag scene is in a restaurant and there are two people we don't recognize, but the one tells the other he's been in there for 20 minutes. Better check on him. Gets up from the table and pounds on the bathroom there. It's Fitz inside and he's monkeying with Fury's toolbox. He's able to open it and the holographic uh, interface comes up. He pushes on it and suddenly we flash to Lance Hunter who's playing with a gun and Fitz comes over the tablet there. Wait, there's football going on what's happening it's it, it is such a fun scene and so fitting a way to end an episode that's been a bit weighty in terms of the uh you know family relations and exploration of powers and and whatnot the fact that we're back to kind of spy tech and gadgets and and this sort of thing it's so so much fun um it's also logical of course Fitz was going to be tailed of course of course he's figured it out so now it's kind of this this you know cold war tailing almost where you know kind of uh, cat and mouse um and i love the ending of it and i hope that they don't show more of it um just th- this idea that uh wait you're in a bathroom is there an electric hand dryer not gonna be a problem and it's just it's just we're back to spy games here with with that portion of the story and it just you know kicking us into high gear for uh, for next week. A detailed look at our bad guys here in this episode, Matt Eva Belikov. A a, a serviceable baddie. Um obviously not the true baddie when it's all said and done, but, uh, you know, a compelling screen presence, um, the product of some good fight scenes, some, some creepy actions, uh, you know, a, a mysterious character when introduced and, um, you know, also one that ultimately serves the story. It's the, the mom who wants to do for her daughter. So, you know, the, the overtones are, 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 are mined quite well for the episode and the other mom and daughter pair that we have. And uh, Eva Belikoff, a uh, a good baddie all around. Certainly retconned in as an inhuman to May's backstory here in Bahrain. Got a little bit of a Hulk vibe misdirect early on with the, you know, the, the super strength, uh, you know, leak and, uh, you know, throwing the table over there and everything like that. But to find out that it's really Katya and the overtones of the mother-daughter there and with Skye and her mother, certainly powerful thematically throughout this episode. It's, uh, you know, as discussed before, it really is a nice reveal there for Katya. I know I didn't see it coming. I had my, I had my thinking cap on. Um, it started to, to, to get into my head a little bit when they were first in that kind of, for lack of a better word, that kind of, you know, basement scene or where, you know, ground, ground level portion where the final fight is, um, almost kind of a, a warehouse feel to it. Um, so you kind of got an inkling a little bit before it happened, but, um, I'd say an even better baddie than mom just because that, that child actress really could, could get to some creepy notes when the script called for it. Definitely. You know, the, the fingers there and the guys dropping, you know, it, it, hit the right notes um particularly in the story they were telling and the child significance for may and you know how could you ever want to bring a child into this world after 
you know, living through that. No wonder she's turned into, you know, the, the cavalry and the, and the closed off person that she is. It's, it's a shame for the character, but the great thing about, you know, writing and characters is we can always find for them later hope. It was, uh, it was five torturous years for the character, but, uh, only uh, only a, a montage of scenes to get there. So I guess <laughs> I guess from that regard, it was less less painful for us than her. Raina Matt squarely in the crosshairs on our dossier here. Uh, the thorns now with the reveal that she can see into the future and may have been doing it all this time. What with her obsession into people like the clairvoyant and uh, some of our other uh, baddies in the first season. She continues to be an increasingly sympathetic character. Um, the, the, the early references in, uh, you know, since her transformation, I was going to say in this season, I should say in this half of the season, um, where she can f- feel her interior quills and how it's painful whenever she moves. Um, the fact that she's trapped here. I just, whenever I look at her, I, or at least the first time she's introduced in, in every episode, I, I, I just can't help but think to myself, actress Ruth Nega is such a lovely lady, and I get that the story has called for her to be covered with prosthetics and kind of gruesome prosthetics at that. Um I just feel for this lady because here she is wrapped in, you know, wrapped in in more prosthetic than than many a Star Trek alien, just to use a, another pop culture reference there. And it's down to the nails on the hand and so on and so forth. And it must just be miserable uh, for the actress. The good news is the character is miserable. So I guess that makes the acting job all the easier and, again, makes us a bit more sympathetic to uh to her and, and adding character shading in that regard. She wears it well and it, it comes across in her scenes here. Matt, lastly, Zhai Ying on the dossier. We know that she is keeping things from other people. So if Coulson has to be maligned from that on the one side, um, she's got to be from the inhuman side and she orchestrates this meeting between her husband and her daughter at the end of the episode. And Lincoln winds up seeing that. And I think he winds himself on there too, only because he's going to share this and uh, we're not quite sure where his motivations are. It's, it is interesting to think with, uh, what is it, Pete? Uh, four episodes left? Um, where things will end up, where the story will head, just in terms of, do you make these characters... Uh, five episodes know, left. Five episodes. Yay, math. Um, you know, do these characters recur next season? Um, okay, there are story benefits to that. You know, do they... Do they exit stage right? You know, are they killed off, et cetera, et cetera? And this season, um, I feel like we don't completely understand their motivations because if their motivations are simply peace and namaste, man, we will find out who it is who is best to go through the mist. And then we will plan carefully from there. Peace be with you. Like, okay, that's going to be boring, you know, 15 episodes from now. But this is a show that, that, builds these mysteries uh with some anticipation and then rips through them pretty darn quickly uh you know colson with the carving seven episodes i think until it stopped and maybe about five episodes or less until we completely understood it so uh some interesting uh interesting road ahead for those characters we say that matt in the same episode though where we finally fulfilled a 38 episode mystery in the uh, previously on tonight, they showed the clip from 084 where the cavalry is first spoken by Agent Ward. Remember him and uh, the whole backstory there and to finally get it. So they can tease this over, a, you know, a much longer time. 
you know, to get Zhang Ying back last episode and we're not even a full episode in length, 44 minutes of screen time before we're, uh, you know, having her reveal to Sky that uh, she is her daughter. Could they have teased it out longer? Sure, they could have. But do you need to? With the Ward reunion coming, Matt, those longer things are the ones we can appreciate a little bit more. Indeed. By the way, hashtag Warddemption. Uh, to my knowledge, only one person has used that in reference to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, before, and that was like over a year ago. So I'm either dusting it off or reclaiming it for our own. Hashtag Warddemption does seem to be coming closer and closer. But for this episode, Pete, I was glad that they did ha- do the mom reveal because we knew it. They knew it. It's time for Sky to know it, and it's time. Uh, it's time for us to move on. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, first up, what is Coulson doing that Real Shield and Bobby uh, Gonzalez Weaver are worried about? There are enough breadcrumbs at this point that it's headed somewhere. And the show feels a little off balance when it places. You know, the gentleman's gentleman, the reason that there is a show, Clark Gregg, Agent Phil Coulson, kind of off kilter like this. And it was done well when it was, you know, the brain thing, which ties directly into him having been brought back. And, and you know, to a certain degree, the first the first seven episodes of this season uh, were just a natural outgrowth of him being brought back to life. So there's a through line there. But the idea that that capable and coherent Coulson is up to something and we, the audience, are not privy and he is, you know, father, brother, brother, best friend to us all uh, in terms of his character type, it's it's an interesting place to have him. And I hope that they bring him back to front and center soon. Um, Coulson as Moses is a very comfortable place to be. Um and I don't want to wander in the desert for too long without him. Uh, Raina, Matt, the reveal that her power would seem to be the clairvoyance of future events. What do you make of that? It's interesting. I know I'm not a huge fan of it. I suspect that uh, you'll have a, a bit to say in a moment that you're not a huge fan of it. Um it certainly is interesting, but it's kind of, you know, it's a somewhat limiting power in terms of a, a, a writer's point of view, because what are you going to do? Just tell us how every episode ends midway through? Like, that's your power to tell us what's going to happen in an hour at the at the closest meal. You know, I, I, I say it kiddingly, of course, a bit, but there's only so much where you can say, oh, man, one of you is going to die tonight. You know, and then... It, it takes some of the it takes some of the stuffing out of a story. So I guess we will see. Your thoughts, Pete? If only she knew not to go into the chamber in the Cree City. All of this could have been avoided. Maybe that maybe there'll be like a time uh, a time travel element here, and we'll go back, and it'll you know she'll be there, and Doc Brown will be there, and you know somebody <laughs> will get pulled out of it, and you never know. It'll be the happier timeline. Uh. Two more for me, Matt. Lincoln, what does he do with this information? Well, I think given that we have already seen that he is sympathetic to Reyna's cause, which is to say Gordon is willing to give her kind of tough love plus zen, you know. not, not Zen doing, love? Zen love, yeah. Tough zen love? Tough, tough zen love. Um, Soft love? <laughs> um. You know, it's kind of, you know, put yourself together and let's go see the beautiful things in the universe and I shall be your, or in the, in the, the, in the world and I shall be your guide. Um, and Lincoln just kind of wants to give her the, some breathing room. I would expect that he would tell either, uh, Reina or, or tell Jaying pretty darn quickly. Um, again, it's a bit of a mystery to me what they then all do with that. But um, it'll it'll certainly be interesting indeed. And Lincoln is a character where he's so nice and so one dimensional that do they do they add a second dimension, a third dimension, shockingly uh, in the episodes to come? Uh, I mean, again, they they can only do the Ward reveal of 
you know, snake in the snake in our midst. They can only really do that the once, and they certainly can't do it, you know, like uh here it is, episode two seventeen. I believe it was episode one seventeen where he was revealed to be a bad guy last last time. Um but I guess we shall see with Lincoln as well. Lastly, Matt, what is Fitz gonna do with an electronic hairdryer? I don't mean to dodge the question. I hope they don't show it. I just here would be the best thing. You pick up in the next episode whenever Fitz enters into it, you know, probably early on in the episode, he just walks out of the bathroom and there's just there are two guys, I don't know, hogtied with their belts and he's just got a little smile on his face like, "Yes, I just did it." And we never ever ever get an explanation. It's just kind of you know the slightly absurd line of electric hand dryer and something something electricity something something and he gets out of there and defeats two superior agents because lance hunter facetimed him some information that would be my my preference certainly transmissions. let's open up the mailbag matt Check the wire. Pete, we had an amusing tweet from uh, Jeff Johncox. That's JJ Nato on uh, on the Twitter. And uh, in response to this, you know, reveal Sky and her mother and finding out the truth of her mother and kind of shades of uh, Star Wars. You know, you never told me what happened. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. Uh, Jeff said, it's all mystical and fun until we find out Kyle McLaughlin is made of midi-chlorians. So, Pete, I put it to you. Is that going to be the big reveal? It is not. <laughs> oh. Whew. Well, Pete, in the future, what is the best way that people can, uh, can get a decrypted transmission to us? Well, you help us and you really help others find us by finding us on iTunes and uh, rating and reviewing us. Uh, we will read those on the air here. And again, you help everybody out. We really take that into consideration when we do this recently, several times a week across Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil and the pop culture podcast at large in terms of things that we deem worthy to, uh, to podcast. But, uh, iTunes, Fantastic Geek, and whether it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, Agent Carter, or the Pop Culture Podcast, anywhere you can leave us a review there helps us all. And Pete, the best way to get a decrypted transmission uh, straight into your, into your computer device is oftentimes the Twitter. How can people be in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-L-A-A-R-5000, -E -E 520 followers, can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast on the .com, the Gmail, and the Twitter, all through uh, Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with the PH. Want to thank the, the the so many of you who have made the jump over to our Daredevil podcast. It's been uh, a fun challenge and and a rewarding challenge to be doing. Uh, we did three episodes last week to kick things off, and we are settling into our uh, our release schedule uh, this week. At least transitioning to it uh, uh, today with uh, Agents of Shield. Uh, Agents of Shield up today. We're going to have the next Daredevil up uh, on uh, Friday, and then next week officially the Monday, Wednesday, Friday for. Daredevil, S.H.I.E.L.D., and Daredevil. So having a ton of fun seeing these different interpretations and, uh, and uh, reflections in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know what else is fun, Matt? What's that, Pete? Facebook has been blowing up. Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek. Again, with the PH, all one word. Get yourself on there, like us, and you will be clued into all the goings-on, which now that we're doing two series simultaneously is quite a bit. Yo, Pete, I was thinking in a couple weeks we should like throw a movie in on there just for the just for the sake of it. You know, like some kind of small art house 
movie, you know, maybe by a guy who's uh, done some Shakespeare in the past. You know, Pete, I did hear that the the director of that that really lovely black and white uh, contemporary Shakespeare movie from a couple of years ago heard he has a new movie coming out. Maybe we should check out that. Just do a quick little review. Maybe I already have. <laughs> uh, indeed, indeed. Well, with that, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you, Pete, the final word. But it's a final word that has to come from seven years ago. I need your pain. <laughs> <laughs>